Hey everybody, I'm still having some computer problems so I can't access my usual theme song and intro, so I'm just going to have to verbally announce, quietly unplugged, that you are listening to Quilting for the Rest of Us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode, I think we're up to episode 43, in which we celebrate my first birthday as a quilt podcaster by talking about fabric. In this episode, I'm going to be responding to a question that Chris posed. Apparently, she's been asked quite a bit by her, um, I think, non-quilty friends, I couldn't quite tell from her comment, um, about why spend more for quilt shop fabric than for big box store fabric, and so I'm going to take a little time to respond to that today. Um, But before that, first, a little bit of a Sandy update. Um, I'm recording this early Sunday morning. Actually, it's not all that early. I just overslept, so it still feels early to me. But I wasn't able to record earlier this weekend because I've been very, very busy trying to finish up my mother-in-law's quilt. My mother and father-in-law are coming over for dinner later this afternoon. Later this afternoon. Her birthday actually isn't until next weekend, uh, but we've got a lot of stuff going on next weekend. So we invited them over today for uh, a birthday dinner, and I'm going to be giving her the quilt then. So I've been really working, um, you know, finishing that binding madly all weekend as I was watching various things on TV and uh, did get it done. So this morning, I just need to, um, after I finish recording this podcast, I've got to finally decide what I'm going to do about a label. I just don't quite know how I want to label the quilt. Um, There's part of me that's tempted to go without (laughs) a label, but I know that goes against everything I've always said on this podcast. So I'm trying to be true to, you know, walk the talk here, walk, walk the walk, not just walk the talk or walk the talk. I don't know. I haven't had my second cup of coffee yet. You're going to hear me drinking it as we go (laughs) this morning. So anyway, I am getting the podcast done this morning instead of earlier this weekend for that reason. Uh, And I'm not entirely awake yet. And I'm using a different microphone setup because I am actually podcasting from another room in the house because my husband is in uh, my sewing room where my computer is. That's also my home office is also the same room that his computer is in. And I believe at the moment he is building a world empire on civilization. (laughs) And since I felt a little bit awkward about recording a podcast with him sitting just two feet away from me, uh, I moved my base of operations into uh, actually in our bedroom. So um, I'm just kind of in this whole different setting, which is kind of creating this whole different uh, mind framework for recording this podcast. We'll see how it goes. Uh, But yes, this is officially um, my first anniversary, my first birthday as a quilt podcaster. And so at the end of the episode, I will be announcing the official birthday celebration drawing. Um, In terms of the Sandy update, I've already mentioned that I've been working on the binding for my mother-in-law's quilt, and I'm not really happy with the binding. Um, It's one of those things, if I had, if I was putting it in a show, I would have ripped it all out and done it again. (laughs) But, you know, it worked. It bound the quilt, and um, for anybody who's not trained in how to do bindings, they probably won't even notice that it's not done completely accurately. I really shot myself in the foot because what I was trying to do was have a wider binding on the front than what I usually do. So I used a different seam measurement, which meant I couldn't use my usual uh, guides on my uh, sewing machine bed to make sure I kept my seam even. And so it's a little bit wonky um, and it's a little bit wider in places than it, in a lot of places than it really needed to be. And so it doesn't always, when you fold it over to sew it on the back. It doesn't always cover up its own seam. Um, 
and the miter on the corners just of because of all that didn't work as well as it normally does and i've actually gotten pretty darn good at doing bindings because i did so many for a couple of years that i realized finished up finishing up my mom's quilts most of which just really needed the bindings put on uh, so i did a ton of bindings in a pretty short period of time there and got you know i got it down pretty well it probably still weren't quilt show quality but that's why i don't put quilts in quilt shows i don't need anybody else to tell me what my mistakes are i know what they are and so i prefer to keep them to myself but anyway overall i'm pleased with the way my mother-in-law's quilt turned out um you know we are always our own worst critics um I was commenting to my husband last night as I finished with a flourish that last hand stitch on the, you know, the binding and could announce it done. I said, well, I really hope mom likes it. And then I stopped and thought and I said, no, I know mom will like it. I really hope I can decide to like it. And <laughs> he laughed and he said, yeah, you are your own worst critic. So that's really what it comes down to. If I like the quilt, then we're good. Um, the other little thing I did just kind of on a spur of the moment this week was... Um, the last time I went to my my local quilt shop, Betty's Quilting, etc., um, they had just an, it was kind of very random, but I bought it. <laughs> they had baggies filled with dried lavender, and I love lavender. I actually have some lavender uh, planted. I just planted some last year in my garden, but I don't think I've got quite enough yet. You know, we'll see how much comes back this year, and whether it has decided to, you know expand itself but i'm not sure i've got quite enough to really dry and have any quantity for sachets or anything so i went ahead and bought um, just one small baggie of this lavender and decided on the spur of the moment to use some of the scraps left from my mother-in-law's quilt to make a lavender sachet that i could then give to her with the quilt itself and i pulled up a tutorial um, not because this is a really complicated process. I just wanted to make sure, since I'd never made a sachet before, that there weren't weren't any special considerations that I wasn't aware of. And so I pulled up a tutorial um, from a blog called quiltinginthereign.blogspot.com. And um, the blogger on Quilting in the Rain lives near Seattle, I think it was. Uh, so the blog name is quite apt. Um, oh, her first name is Jera. I think that's how you pronounce it, J-E-R-A. And she had a really cute pattern on there for um, lavender sachets or for any sort of sachets that was absolutely adorable. And it is, it's a variation on a stack and slash technique. And that's something I've done a lot and it would be very cute. My scraps that I had didn't lend itself well to that particular pattern. So I just kind of took her measurements and basic process and used that. But I have saved her tutorial for future reference because it is, it's a cute idea. And I really enjoyed it. Mostly, um, I do want to give her a shout out because her instructions were very clearly written, um, good photos of the right steps, that kind of thing. So, um, and I'm sure I didn't spend a lot of time on her blog because I was trying to get this done quickly. Um, but I'm sure she's got other tutorials on there that are just as uh, well done. So you do want to check that one out, quiltinginthereign.blogspot.com. Let's see, what else did I do? Oh, the other thing I did was, um, and I, I blogged about this as well, that we finally got our Christmas decorations fully put away. Now, they hadn't been up. We had gotten most of them taken down and packed away, but there was still a collection of the last vestiges of Christmas decorations that had gotten moved to our dining room table and then no further. So they were all kind of piled on our dining room table. And last weekend, um, 
my husband, you know, it was one of these things where we kept walking by it, kept walking by it. And finally, it was sort of like whoever got sick of it the most first was going to take care of it. And, and my husband caved, caved first and he took care of it, he got it all packed away. And uh, as he was cleaning up the dining room, he was looking around and he said, um, do you have any wall hangings appropriate for spring? And my first was, response was, ooh, he's, he's really a quilter's husband now. He's actually asking me, you know, what quilted wall hangings I have in stock. And then my second thought was, no, I don't really have any for spring. We have the wall hanging I've got hanging in the dining room uh, kind of year-round, is a year-round quilt. But it's definitely darker colors. It's kind of um, some copper colors, some bronze colors. It was designed around how we thought we were going to have that room decorated, um, We've been in the house for five years, haven't gotten the room decorated yet, so that's really, that is the decoration. Uh, it kind of has to carry the room. So I decided, you know, I really would like to have a spring wall hanging in there. Um, we are hosting Easter at our house this year, so I'd kind of like to have something done and up by Easter. We'll see if I can make it. But I kind of decided, well, let me look at my stash and see what I've got. And um, I have... I don't want to call it a collection. I've got two fabrics that I think are from the same collection that I've every time I've gone through my stash to see if there's anything I'd be willing to give to the Guild silent auction or donate to somebody else. Um, I keep coming across these fabrics and keep thinking, no, I love them. And I've had them for years. I probably bought them seven, eight years ago now. Um, but they're really cute and very springy. So I pulled those out and found a bunch of coordinating fabrics. Um, and I kind of have to laugh because as I was pulling the coordinating fabrics off the shelf, I realized that uh, what I did to myself, I've bought several times when I find a good uh, stash blender fabric, I'll buy it in two or three different colors so that, you know, I can use them in any sort of setting. Well, this particular quilt colorway that I was putting together, no less than three different times did I pull a fabric off the shelf and shelf and then go to swap it with a different fabric of the different color and discover it was exactly the same print. Um, so in this whole process, I found that I have three different prints in several different colorways um, that all seem to match this particular uh, colorway that I was putting together for this quilt. It was kind of funny. So I finally gave up and I do have two uh, fabrics of the same print in two different colors that are going to be in this quilt. Normally I'd avoid doing that, but in this case I think it's okay. I think it works. Uh, but that was just kind of funny because I was muttering to myself, oh man, that's the same one. Wait a minute. Oh, that's the same one too. <laughs> I didn't really realize, you know, I know that I do that. I just didn't realize that they were kind of all in the same basic uh, values of, of colors. Uh, but anyway, I, I then, once I had the fabrics chosen and kind of knew what I wanted to do, I uh, used my EQ7 and designed it. It's, it's going to be a very, very simple quilt. It's just using a basic um, pinwheel block, you know, the half square triangle pinwheels uh, on white. And the pinwheels are each a different color of these colors that I pulled together and then something with borders and probably a corner block in the border with another pinwheel. Um, and I did several options, different colorings, different ways to uh, kind of lay out the pinwheels, some with, you know, some kind of floated on white, some with them just all lined up. And then I, I chose kind of my top four and I showed them all to my husband because I was kind of waffling, particularly between two of them. And he ultimately was the one that said, no, I really like that one. So he's he kind of picked the design, the final design that I'm going to use. The only problem is um, I do have them floated on white. So I'm going to do a white, you know, the, the pinwheels are going to have a white background. And then I'm going to do a white sashing, a kind of a narrow white sashing between them. So they're floated. Um, 
I don't have any white left in my stash after doing my mother-in-law's quilt, so I'm going to have to um, make another trip to the my local quilt shop, you know, twist my arm. <laughs> what, a, what a horrible thing to have to do. Uh, but to have to restock my stash of white on white and then, you know, use it again right away. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually have to buy more than I think I need. You know, again, that's a terrible thing to have happen to a quilter, isn't it? So, um, that all leads very nicely into my theme for this episode, which is quilt shop fabric versus big box store fabric. And I've done actually some research on this. I did know because when I first started quilt making, uh, my mother did explain the uh, difference to me in, in a way. She kind of gave me a very uh, short nutshell version of it and uh, so mostly I just kept using quilt shop fabric because my mommy had told me to do that <laughs> and we always do what our mommies tell us to um, but no I, I really I kind of knew there was a difference and to a certain extent I could feel the difference although I will say big box and by big box I mean in my setting that's Joanne's really is the only kind of um, as they call them discount fabric retailers up around here and I actually live very close to we have several Joannes in our city I think there's three or four of them and I live within about 10 minutes of one of the nicest ones in the cities I, I really like my Joannes but I have not bought fabric at Joannes since I first started quilt making my very first quilt was um, Joannes fabric and I took a class from Joannes to make it so I do have some you know direct personal experience with that um, and I, I've talked about classes in one of my very first episodes, and I believe I mentioned this um, Joanne's class and versus quilt shop classes. So you want to go back and listen to that episode. I won't talk about the classes here, but um, in terms of the fabric, I do know. And and I have a sister who works at Joanne's, so I'm, I'm not dissing Joanne's. Uh, and I think both kinds of fabric have their uses, and I'm going to talk about that at the end. But I do want to go over a little bit why quilt shop fabric is more expensive. And it's not just because, you know, they're they're trying to cheat you out of something. I think there's people who really feel like quilt shop owners are trying to get away with something by charging more, and it's really not true. There really is a difference in the fabric, and so you just have to decide how important that difference is to you. So let's go through a little bit what that difference actually is. And like I said, I did do some research, um, mostly because I couldn't remember exactly what it was my mommy had told me about the difference between the fabrics, but I also wanted to back it up with a little bit more um, information than just what I happened to know was true. So uh, the first thing we need to talk about is the the actual unfinished fabric that everybody starts with, and that's called gray goods. And gray is spelled G-R-E-I-G-E, -E, um, but it's pronounced gray goods. And that's the unfinished fabric which um, in the definition that I found had just been removed from a knitting machine or a loom. It's a cloth that has not yet received any finishing to it. Um, it hasn't been dyed yet. It hasn't had anything to do. It's fabric in the raw state. So that is the gray goods. And that's what everybody starts with. So the very first difference between quilt shop fabrics and discount store fabrics is the difference in the gray goods themselves. Um, discount stores will have, generally speaking, lesser quality gray goods that has a lower thread count. You know, you're used to thinking, you, you know when you're looking for sheets, there's different thread counts of sheets. Well, that's the same thing with this fabric. Um, discount stores gray goods has a lower thread count, lesser quality threads. And you can feel that in, in what's called the hand. When you touch fabric and you see how fabric feels, that's called the hand of the fabric. 
uh, you might hear people refer to, oh, that fabric's got a really soft hand, or that's got a really nice hand, that's got kind of a silky hand. It, it's a very literal uh, statement saying this is what it feels like in your hand. So um, discount stores, again, start with a lesser quality gray good, that raw fabric before anything is done to it. Lower thread count, lesser quality threads. And it's very true. I'm, I'm a big um, fabric petter <laughs> when I'm in fabric stores. I'm not just looking at colors. I'm on it with my hands. You know, I'm just kind of running my hands. And partly I can't stop myself from, from touching fabric. Um, but it's also, you know, this is kind of how I, it's part of the sensory experience. You know, you're, you're seeing all the colors. You're kind of looking at the patterns and stuff, I also need to touch it and feel it. And you can, generally speaking, again, you can generally feel a difference between the quilt shop quality fabric and the discount store fabric. And the reason I keep saying generally is I'll come back to that in a few minutes. Um, now, I did find one article that was particularly helpful on this. Uh, it, by the way, my research was all, I read a bunch of different message forms. I read a def bunch of different blogs, a bunch of different websites. Um, so I did kind of pick this up from a lot of different places. Uh, but there was one particular article that I want to cite. Um, it was by a writer named Jim Salinas, S-A-L-I-N-A-S. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. The article was entitled The Difference Between Chain Store Fabric and Quilters Grade Fabric. And it was um, quoted on the blog Cat's Quilt Art. And I will give a link to that in the show notes to this episode. But Jim said in his article, premium brands start with high quality gray goods, premium gray goods have a thread count of at least 60 by 60 threads, and most have thread counts higher than 60 square. That's 60 by 60. Higher thread counts produce a silkier hand, less bearding when quilted, longer fabric life, and better printing definition. So again, he's talking about the thread count of the initial raw fabric. He then goes on to say, most chain store cotton prints are made from less expensive gray goods that have 60 square construction or less. So in other words, um, the chain store uh, cotton prints or discount stores are made from something that's less than a 60 by 60 thread count. In chain stores, he says, I'm going back to quoting him, in chain stores, 60 square construction is considered to be the benchmark of high quality. Whereas again, remember, um, and this is my editorial, remember that he said in, you know, the, the more expensive um, or quilt shop quilt quality, that's kind of the low end. So you've got, you know, in the high end of chain stores is where quilt stores are going to start. Um, and then he goes on to say, let's see, in addition to thread count, fabric quality is also determined by the diameter of the yarns used, the size of the cotton filaments, and the length of the cotton staple. Premium brands typically make use of a higher number of screens, the number of colors used in the print, and more complex and sophisticated engravings. High screen counts and complex engravings require using slower and more exacting flatbread presses than the high-speed rotary presses used by domestic printers for most chain store fabrics. So again, that's him uh, describing how these patterns, how the gray goods are then turned into the you know pretty colored prints that we're used to seeing that... Um, Quilt, short, quilt store quality fabric have a higher number of screens, in other words, more colors actually used in the print. That doesn't necessarily mean you could have two identical prints side by side, and it's not necessarily the number of visible colors that you're seeing, it's the number of colors that go into making those visible colors that you're seeing. Some colors, of course, are blends of other colors, so it's a much more complex process. Um, 
and uh, the prints themselves may be more sophisticated, may have a higher level of detail in quilt shop quality fabrics. Uh, so that, that higher quality of detail and the higher number of screens, the number of colors, is a completely different print process that requires um, a lot more uh, complexity in the higher cost fabrics. So that's another difference um, between the, the quilt shop quality fabrics and the discount store fabrics. Uh, Jim goes on to say, our friend Jim then says, once the gray goods are printed, they have to be finished. The printed fabric is placed in a chemical bath that sets the dye into the cotton fibers. Unfinished or poorly finished goods bleed badly and have a very coarse, boardy hand. He's, that's the, use, the word he uses, boardy, B-O-A-R-D-Y is his word. Uh, premium brands are finished using more time-consuming and expensive processes that create the silken hand of quilters grade fabric in addition to superior color fastness. Um, so again, this is another step of the process. So once the gray goods, once the raw fabric has then been printed and dyed and all that kind of thing, then it has to be finished um, to set the dye, and again, that's another place where a difference in quality will occur. Discount for uh, fabrics have a different setting process than the uh, quilt shop fabric, and this is where you can feel the difference. So a, a Joann's fabric, um, I'm sorry, I won't pick on a particular one, a discount store fabric um, may have a slightly rougher feel to it than a quilt shop quality fabric. Um, and then finally, he, so, I mean, I'm only excerpting from his article. There was a lot more in it than this, but the, the last little quote I have is um, from Jim. That is the issue of service and expertise. Most quilt shops and mail-order quilting catalogs, the prime sources of premium fabrics, are well-staffed with knowledgeable, friendly quilting experts. Most, shape, most shops provide classes and expertise unmatched by the chains. And that's another big difference when you go in to buy something. If you want help, again, in general, you're going to get more um, expert help when it comes to quilting from people in the quilt shops than you will at a discount store. And I will say I've experienced this when I've gone to Joann's. Um, anytime I've had any dealings with the people in the fabric department at my particular Joann's, they may be very nice and friendly. They're not particularly always helpful. They're helpful in terms of if you need to find something they know they have in stock, but when you, if you've got an actual question about um, something you're trying to do, if you're not in their area of expertise, then you're not going to get the help. And that's no, that's not saying anything bad about the staff at those areas. It's just that because these big box stores have a wide variety of things, um, the person you're talking to may be fantastic at garment sewing, but has never made a quilt in her life, or she may be really good at home deck, you know, again, but has never made a quilt in her life. So it's just, whereas, you know, when you're in a quilt shop, those folks, by and large, are either going to be quilters or at least have learned something along the way. It, you know, I don't know how quilt shops do their hiring, but my guess is almost everybody in there is probably a quilt maker. So you will get more expertise in terms of the staff. Um, and then in terms of classes they offer, again, it's just a matter of the discount stores have a wide variety of things they're trying to offer. So what they offer in any one category is probably going to be more broad stroke. Whereas at quilt shops, you're going to get the classes that are much more fine-tuned, um, you know, much more geared at a variety of levels within that one field, etc. That's, that's, again, it's just a difference in focus. It's nothing wrong with either one. Um, 
the first quilt class I ever took, like I said before, was at a Joanne. So it's it's not that I'm saying don't ever do that. It's just a difference and something you want to take into consideration. Um, I did in several message boards that I was reading um, on you know the difference between quilt shop fa fabric and uh, discount store fabric. Um, they did say that discount fabric will tend to be loaded up with starch or sizing to make it feel more substantial in the store, but once it's been washed a couple of times, it feels quite thin. Um, that's not something I've tested. I should go uh, start running my hands over the quilt that I made for my daughter using all fabric from Joann's to see what it feels like now compared to the one I made with for my son, which was all made with quilt shop fabric. Um, that doesn't mean I love my son more. <laughs> it's just because I'd been quilt making a lot longer once I finally got around to making him one. Um, so anyway, that's one difference is that even though you're feeling it in the store and it feels fine, once you get it home and wash it, it may feel very different. Um, there was also a few people that made comments that discount store fabric might tend to shrink more. And again, that's going to have to do with thread count and the type of thread that's used. Uh, so you might get more shrinkage in discount store fabric. Um, several message board posts, and I think this, this may be just a a very subjective sort of judgment, and I couldn't tell you on this, um, but several people posted that quilt shop quality fabric is more easy to work with overall. It's easier to cut accurately, easier to get seams to match, etc. Um, the only reason I could think that that might possibly be an objective truth rather than a subjective truth, in other words, based on fact rather than just you feel like it must, because you paid more for it, that must make it easier to work with. <laughs> you know, sometimes we can convince ourselves of things that aren't necessarily accurate. But in any case, it is possible because quilt shop quality fabric has a higher thread count, has better threads in general, that when you cut it, it may not skew as much as a lower quality fabric. But that's not something I can particularly speak to with any experience myself. Um, because unfortunately, the one time I did use uh, discount store fabric was when I had just started quilting. So although I'd love to blame the fact that my points didn't match and things kept ending up askew on the fabric itself, I'm doubting <laughs> that I could really get away with that. Um, I really think it had more to do with the fact that I was just learning. And so the fact that everything ended up skew was much more user error than tool error. Um, let's see. Okay, I also read on another post that some fabric manufacturers will have several grades of a fabric. The high-end will go to quilt stores, mid-range will go to Joann's, and low-end to Walmart and the like. Um, although I know I've also been reading a lot of Walmarts have now gotten rid of their fabric section, so I don't know if you can even buy fabric in any Walmarts, but, you know, that sort of that level of discount stores. So one manufacturer, um, you know, Robert Kaufman, P&B, 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 P&B Textiles, I think, is their name, um, Red Rooster Fabrics, Moda, you know, I don't know which, I didn't go to the level of research to see which fabric manufacturers actually did this, but they might create kind of one line of fabric and then do a high end that they would go out to quilt shops, another end that they would send to Joann's, and another end that they would send, you know, really to very, very deep discount stores. Um, so I have heard people say, oh, I just saw so-and-so's line at Joann's and see, I can get it that much cheaper. Well, yeah, you're seeing so-and-so's line. It may be the same basic idea. Um, and if that's what you want, fantastic. Just know that it may not actually be the same quality of fabric as what you would get in the quilt shop. And if that doesn't bother you, more power to you. That's not a problem. Um, 
the other thing is, you know, just in terms of going to a quilt shop versus going to a discount store, is you may also have more options in a quilt shop. So for, uh, you know, not only will a designer or a manufacturer uh, create several grades of fabric for different retail situations, let's call them, uh, but they may also only send some of the options to the mid or low grade retailers, whereas the full line is then produced for quilt shops. But then, of course, it's all up to how many of the line your own quilt shop actually bought. You know, they have to decide what they're going to buy and carry in their shop, too. Um, so in any case, if you have a, a design that you particularly like that you could find at a, a discount store, you may not find as much of it or as many of the options of the line in a discount store as you would be able to in a quilt shop. Again, there's a whole lot of variability on that one, though. Um, I did find there was this one message board post that shows kind of the difference between these different um, fabrics. This person said, um, I had a girlfriend who made a quilt with a purple fabric from a quilt store, but she ran out before she finished her project, and so did the quilt store. She purchased more purple fabric from Joanne's, and once she washed the quilt several times, the purple stuff from Joanne's faded and turned red. So that's another thing to kind of keep in mind is that color fastness in quilt shop quality fabrics is going to tend to be uh, more reliable than discount fabric would be. Um, now here I want to do a little bit of a word about Hancock's because as I was going through um, message boards I kept seeing references to Hancock's and and finally it became clear that there was confusion between two different stores and you need to know there are two different Hancock's fabrics stores. Um, one of which is a more of a big box store, although we don't have any around here, so I've never been to one, but it, um, from what I've read, it's more of kind of a discount fabric store. It carries a lot of upholstery fabric, etc. Um, but then there's another store that's called Hancock's of Paducah, uh, which I don't, I actually don't even know if they've got a bricks and mortar store. I, they're online. They've got this gorgeous catalog. <laughs> I just, oh, I'm always so excited when a Hancock's fa catalog hits my um, mailbox. I will probably spend more time drooling over that than I do any of my quilt magazines. But the Hancock's of Paducah um, and Hancock's Fabrics, the discount store, are not the same company. Um, I did find reference to maybe at some point way, way back in their history they were related, but now they've split off. I don't know about that. All I know is right now they're completely separate. And Hancock's of Paducah is all high quality quilt shop fabric. Um, the other Hancock's it strikes me as more along the lines of a Joanne's quality fabric, so medium range, I think. Um, I know Hancock's of Paducah, I've ordered from them several times, <laughs> and it's certainly same quality as anything I'd get in a quilt shop. So, um, and man, their selection, they just have a huge selection. Um, I really, I get very unnaturally excited <laughs> when their catalog hits my mailbox, but because I know, you know, all quilters would get unnaturally excited about fabric catalogs, so I'm in good company, I'm sure. Um, so that's basically the difference between quilt shop quality fabric and discount fabric. There is a good reason why there's a difference in price. They are actually, you know, we're talking two different fabrics. They are related in that they are both fabric. Um, they may be related in that they both come from, you know, there might be some from the same manufacturer, the same designer, but in terms of the quality, there is actually a difference. And that's why you pay um, more premium prices in a local quilt shop than you would in a discount. 
And plus, of course, local quilt shops are owned by individuals, and so they don't get the um, benefit of volume pricing that a place like a Joann's would or whatever. So yeah, part of what you're paying for fabric is also you're paying for the quilt shop itself. You're paying for the privilege of having that bricks and mortar store all the time that they put into the displays and the classes and um, you know the staff, having staff that are there to cut your fabric and to offer advice when you're asking and everything. Yeah, all of that does get wrap, wrapped into the price of the fabric itself. Um, so you're not just paying for a piece of material, a piece of fabric, you are paying for um, all of the benefits that come with buying that from a quilt shop. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, why you might choose to use one fabric over the other. Again, I'm I'm saying here that there is a difference in quality of fabric, but sometimes that may not matter, or sometimes you might actually want to choose a different, you know, a, a lower quality fabric than quilt shop quality fabric. So let's talk a little bit. Here's just kind of off the top of my head and from what some references and some of the message boards had said. Um, if you're making a children's quilt that you know is just going to get mangled, <laughs> you know, it's just going to get beat to heck and probably not last long. Anyway, those are made to be loved. It's sort of like the story of the Velveteen Rabbit. You know, it's not real until it's been torn to shreds. Um, you may not want to pay a lot of money for a fabric for something like that. You might feel okay about just saying, you know, I want to, I've got a, a grandchild coming. I want to give uh, this grandchild a ton of quilts. I know I'm probably going to be making them 20 quilts over the next three years because I'm a grandma and I love doing that. You know, I'm going to just go to my discount store, buy inexpensive fabric so I don't cry when <laughs> I go to their house next to visit and that, you know, baby quilt has just been torn to shreds. That might be a legitimate time to use a discount fabric. Um, you might want to use a discount fabric when you're making things like aprons or table runners or placemats, anything that's going to be taking a daily beating, anything that's going to be getting spills on it, you know, anything you probably are going to be likely replacing in a year or two. Those are, again, a time you might want to go for a discount fabric over a quality fabric. Um, on the flip side, if you're going to make an heirloom quilt, something that you want to be around for generations, you're going to want to use quilt shop quality fabric because that way you are much more um, at least as assured of anything as we can be when we're working with something as ephemeral as fabric. Um, you know, if you go for the quilt shop quality fabric, you have a much better chance that that quilt is actually going to survive in good shape over the years. Um, so that's a place where you may definitely want to use quilt shop quality fabric. Anything where the hand of the fabric matters is another place you're probably going to want to go with quilt shop quality fabric. And remember we talked about the hand of the fabric is the way it feels. Um, you might want to pony up more for a softer, nicer feeling fabric. I mean, there are fabrics, the fabric I just used for the backing on my mother-in-law's quilt, I couldn't stop touching. It is the most silky feeling, 100% cotton. It is just gorgeous. And if this quilt was actually going to be used as a quilt on a bed um, it, to sleep under, that would be the ideal fabric. It, it just feels really, really good. Um, and the reason I say in this particular case, this quilt, it's a twin size and she doesn't have any twin size beds in her house anymore. So um, this particular quilt that I made for my mother-in-law is not going to be used in that. It's going to be decorative. Um, but if I was making a quilt for a bed um, for somebody that I thought was actually going to sleep under, I would probably make it all from quilt shop quality fabric at this point because it feels softer. And it's just nicer to sleep under. Um, so those are some examples of times you might want to choose one fabric over another and depending on what you're going to pay. Um, I also know there are a lot of folks that don't have quilt shops near them. 
and don't have a lot of choice about what fabric they use. And I get that too. So, you know, here again, I'm not dissing the fabric. I'm just saying there is a difference in quality. So if you only have access to discount discount quality fabric near you, go for it. You know, just make your beautiful choices, make your quilts, and, and you'll be good to go. Um, there are a lot of places to buy fabric online, and sometimes you can get good deals on shipping, etc. There are issues with buying fabric online sometimes, um, but maybe someday I'll do a whole other episode about that. I'm not going to worry about it so much now. But um, it, for me, I do have access to several really nice quilt shops near me. Um, actually, we have a lot more in our area than we probably should. You know, we're, we're kind of heavy on the quilt shops, which is great. I'm not, I, I love it. Um, I personally like to support the local quilt shop. You know, when I can, I will go look at my local quilt shop first because I will I will just cry if they ever close. So I try to keep them in business. You know, I do my part. Um, so that's another thing to consider is, yes, you can shop online. Yes, you can buy discount quality fabrics. You know, you might be able to save yourself a few dollars here and there. But if you've got a quilt shop near you and it's a good one, you, you have a vested interest in keeping it open too. So that's another reason you might want to buy a quilt shop quality fabric over discount fabric because you want to keep that quilt shop open. So that's my, um, my few words about fabric. If you've got any of your own opinions or anything you want to share, go ahead and, and post that in the comments to this episode. Uh, let's talk about listener comments. I actually didn't get as many this week. It's been a very quiet week, um, but that's okay. I've been quiet myself. I, I've been trying to get better. I read everybody's blogs, but I don't always take the time to leave comments, and I am trying to get better about that. So um, I will be trying to leave more comments on people's blogs in the, the days ahead. But I do want to say thanks to Lori and Cindy and Quilter in the Gap, Joyce, Kate, Di, and Head Rhombus, or Pam, and Mama on the Run for your comments. Thanks so much for leaving comments um, this week. And by the way, Cindy, in her comment, um, she commented on the video that I had posted of the Stash Resolution, uh, not Stash Resolution, that's a different podcast, sorry, a good one, um, the Stash Mystery Challenge video. Uh, she commented on what a great group of creative listeners I have. And she is absolutely right. You are very creative and you're great. I enjoy you. So um, happy birthday to this podcast. Uh, thanks all for listening. Thanks especially to those of you who have been with me from the beginning. <laughs> and uh, thank you to all of you who have um, just joined either this week or in the past. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for being part of the um being part of the fun and giving me something to talk back to and playing along with the challenges. It's been a really surprising year. When I posted my first episode, um, I really didn't know if I was going to keep going <laughs> with it. I just sort of did it on a whim, did it for fun. I, at the time, other than a couple of um, celebrity quilter podcasts, I didn't even know there were other podcasts out there. I didn't discover those until a few days after I had posted my first podcast. And so it's been fun to become kind of part of this whole community as well. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, kind of made some new internet buddies through the podcast. So um Again, just thank you for being part of it. Uh, you know, I'm assuming I'll probably have another year <laughs> of it at this point. We'll see how life goes. You know, life changes, life happens, but I'm really enjoying doing this and I hope to keep doing it for a long time to come. So again, thank you for listening. Thank you for making the first year fun and hope you stick with me for at least a second year. Um, oh, uh, my birthday challenge. I almost forgot to tell you what I'm going to do. So 
we're going to have a special drawing in celebration for the birthday. And what I want you to do is post a comment. Oh, I guess we'll say on this episode or any that happened between now and um, the deadline for the challenge. Um, post a comment about anything new you have learned related to quilt making in the last year. Hopefully from this podcast, but I won't be that picky if you haven't learned anything from this podcast and have learned something from a class or from a book or from um, another podcast or whatever, something new that you have learned in the last year. Because you know, my big thing is um, education and helping you um, expand your horizons. And so I just want to know what have you learned new in the last year related to quilt making? And if you post that comment, on this episode or um, the next one and I will enter your name in a drawing for um, a nice birthday present. I've got a beautiful collection of fat quarters and I think I'm going to throw a couple of patterns in there so um, it'll be a nice little gift for whoever wins the drawing. So thank you very much again. Oh the deadline. Oh let's choose April 15th. (laughs) That's a good day that tends to stick in the mind of everybody in the U.S. anyway because it's tax day. So between now and April 15th post a comment about something new you have learned and your name will be entered into the drawing. And now I think that's it. Apparently I need to have my second cup of coffee because I am not firing on all pistons. Uh, Again thanks for listening. Thanks for um, joining me for this journey and look forward to another year. As always, you can leave your comments or questions or concerns or ideas for future episodes at the show notes for this for this podcast at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And there you'll find links to everything else I do, my Twitter, my email, our Flickr group for this podcast, the blog, and the newsletter, and probably other things. Oh, the Facebook page. So definitely go check out quiltingfortherestofus.com. Until the next episode, go get your quilty on.